0: I'm not going to pretend. There's no segue. Okay, cool. I just said you and going to jizz in a the cup. There's no segue from that. Uh... Kia ora. Welcome to Dirty Dirty Talk podcast with Bex and...
1: And Mike. Um, <laughs> the the 2020 Olympics and Paralympics have been held in Japan, or well, are being held in Japan. And so we thought it'd be kind of cool to bring on a guest who's been living there for a little while. Um, he's a personal friend of mine. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to get somebody who can sort of give a bit of a deeper look into japanese culture and stuff because often what we've found on on the internet or whatever is like you know six things you didn't know about J- japanese culture and then they talk about like dumb things like i don't know where to put your chopsticks on a plate or something like that so it's kind of a bit of a deep dive into the weirder more stranger stuff about being in japan um but first though Bex. Some headlines.
0: Let's do it. So, as it currently stands, there have been more submissions against banning conversion therapy than those in favour of prohibition. The LBGTQI community are hoping that we close the door once and for all on what they see as a very unethical and harmful practice. However, some people still think that we can pray away the gay.
1: Quote and quote.
0: Did you know that, Mike, that we still have people who think that?
1: Yeah, actually, there's quite a few people who think that, I think.
0: And we now have around 18 churches who have asked their members to make submissions against the proposed bill. We have until the 8th of September to have a say and hopefully make conversion trauma a thing of the past. There are even templates available to make life easier, so no excuses.
1: Okay, kids, go out and put in your submission.
0: Go and submit.
1: Okay. Um moving on. Uh an update from last week, OnlyFans. Do you remember OnlyFans?
0: I do. I hear there's been a few changes now. Been a bit of a backlash?
1: Yes, Bex, that's correct. Um OnlyFans <laughs> has reversed its decision to remove sexual ads from its platform. Um apparently well they they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to, you know, not do that anymore." But apparently there was a bunch of people, um, sex workers in particular, who use the site as a platform where they, you know, earn their money, where they they do their job, essentially. Um, and they said, look, if you take this, this platform away from us, um, we essentially lose a, a, a safe, controlled space for us to do our job. I mean, you can kind of liken it to, like... Um, Another platform, and then just losing all of your sort of income. So it's a pretty big deal for these guys,
0: right? So sex workers have now spoken out, saying that this would be really harmful for them. Um, they wouldn't be able to use the platform anymore. So what's OnlyFans doing about it?
1: Well, they they didn't. They've they've just kind of done nothing. So oh, and by the way, this is not a full decision to reverse it. They actually only suspended its 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 um its decision on this. So basically, they're kicking the cane down the road. Okay. Um. I mean. It's a step in the right direction, but I also read about people um, in the industry going, "Look, we would like some sort of um, resolution to this because while we kind, of, I mean, it does affect their livelihoods. So um, while OnlyFans is like, yeah, we're not going to ban it quite yet, maybe, possibly, uh, you know, people still want it to kind of move on and 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 have a more sort of concrete decision on what's what's going to happen." sort of moving forward so
0: okay well while we're on the topic of boobs (laughs) (laughs) subtly but now not so subtly it's a great segue let's talk about big boobs in tanzania let's so i don't know if you heard this mike but in tanzania their first female president samia saluhu hassan last week spoke about their women's football players saying that their flat chests were making them unsuitable for marriage.
1: So, um, just clarify this for me.
0: (laughs) So, what the president is saying is that if you have a flat chest, like some of their female football players do apparently, I wouldn't know myself, but apparently they do, well, they're going to find it very hard to find a suitor. Because men don't want to marry women that don't have big boobs in I mean, Tanzania.
1: This is true. Everybody knows this. I'm, I am being sarcastic, by <laughs> the way. He's being if sarcastic. I get, if I get people harassing. Don't shoot, me, Mike. Yeah. So <laughs> sarcasm is the lowest form of wit, but whatever. Anyway.
0: So here's a fun quote from the president. She said, "If we bring them here and line them up for those with flat chests, we might not think that they are women."
1: So just like just so for context. um, Samia Saluhu Hassan is, and I read this as well, right? So she was at like a a ceremony or something, giving away some stuff, some medals, or I don't know. And then she was speaking about um, some of these football players. And she was speaking to a crowd of mostly men and said that quote, right?
0: Yep. And then she also went on to say to the crowd of mostly men, like you said that the life of marriage is like a dream to them, and by them she means the female football players with flat chests. She goes on to say, because even if one of you here takes him home as your wife, your mother will ask if they are a woman or a fellow man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, cool. that's that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool, but not cool.
1: No, it's not cool at all. Um, all right, cool. On. Still on matters of the body matters
0: of the body (laughs) yeah our last headline for you
1: yeah this one is gross 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 but um i was doing a little bit of research and uh yeah so some male anti-vaxxers think that they've struck struck gold in the latest weird addition to their conspiracy theory according to some in the anti-vax community the price of their pure unvaccinated semen will skyrocket as they believe it's worth more to sperm banks Basically, essentially, these weird anti vaxxers who sit around Reddit all day—they—they they think that um, their pure semen will become worth more to like <laughs> sperm banks because it, we don't know what's going to happen in the future and stuff. It's super weird.
0: So because they're not vaccinated, their sperm is pl- pure and clean. Yeah, yeah. So clean. they feel like it's going to be worth millions. Yeah. time to come
1: well yeah because there's an intersection and also like i read about this as so there's an intersection um between the, like uh the crypto stuff like there's some and i don't know so you know cryptos and cryptocurrency yeah. and like there's this new phenomenon called nfts where there's basically these people just essentially betting on like what do you call it like um digital things like like, like I'm, I'm not explaining it very well but the basically like the price of these things is going through the roof and they're going, right, well, maybe we can sort of like um, apply this same sort of thing to our semen, i.e. like the value of our semen is going to go way up. And obviously these are all boys like, and they're all like, yeah, we're going to make shit tons of money off our pure semen. So it's very, very strange.
0: That is very strange. Yeah. Have you been vaccinated, Mike? Not yet. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go yeah. I was saying this the other day
1: actually like oh I don't want. To, uh, I may sh- I'll go and
0: like just just go jizz in a cup oh, get it done, god. it's going to be worth millions oh my god this is disgusting <laughs> okay well on that note but not really on that note we have kale <laughs> on the show today yeah, yeah, So, like yeah,
1: wait. Wait, what's, inter- what's the sort of have we got a segway there's, from there's like... No,
0: like I'm not going to pretend there's no segue. Okay, cool. I just said you're going to jizz in a cup. There's no segue from oh. that. But <laughs> we have Kale on the show, so let's talk to him about Japan.
1: Let's do it. Kale has been living uh, off and on in Japan for over 12 years, was married to a Japanese person, has worked in multiple different places, and has a unique view on living there. Kale and I met while... whilst get it right Mike Um, (laughs) working in a bar in the northern city of Sapporo he joins us now hey Kale hey man
0: hey Kale thanks so much for coming on the show my pleasure hey so look I've never been to Japan myself but in the west there is this kind of like allure to Japan and its culture Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering what was it that drew you to Japan in the first place and did all of those things come true
2: um, so I'm trying to think about when I actually kind of was really interested. in. It. I think it's, the, the, as far as I can wind the clock back, I think it started when I was maybe nine, eight or nine. And I was all, like watching, I think, uh, of course, about like my generation kind of does with all the, the anime, the Dragon Ball Z, the Pokemon and stuff like that. And it's kind of just love that kind of stuff. I think that was my first introduction to Japan. Uh, and then we had an exchange student when I was about, or 11 and he came and stayed at our place for about a week and uh and he kind of introduced me to a lot of uh just Japanese culture and stuff like that and I think that kind of planted a seed and I was never really it was not, not really something I thought about um up until I was about 17 uh when I first came to Japan um so in Australia we have a thing called schoolies so after you graduate grade 12 um all the kids go to surface paradise and go there and party and right. I, at that time I, I couldn't think of anything <laughs> worse so I was just like fuck yeah. that so no. I just went totally left the center of that and just I'm like well I'm going to Japan and it was the first time I've been overseas by myself
0: wow um
2: so I went to Japan for 10 days and I just fell in love with it and then I I came back again when I was 19 for a few months and again when I was 21 I think to do a work and a holiday visa um and then again when I was well, maybe four years ago um, to study Japanese and here I am.
0: Wow what is it that kept drawing you back Kale?
2: It's hard to say I mean I think and from myself and from everyone like all the, a lot of the other expats that I've spoken to, to you, you, no one really intends to stay here <laughs> um, so it's more just for me it was just I don't know it was just I just got swept up in this current Um, and I just, you know, uh, it was just like a wavelength and I just ended up falling into these circles of opportunities and people that I related to and all this stuff just kind of ended up happening. And I never really felt at home in Australia in a sense or where I was at the time. I just, it just didn't, just didn't sit with me and coming to Japan. I could really just, I don't know, just, it was just a totally different world. Um, and you know, I, I, um, it's hard to, it's hard to put a pulse on, but I, I just, I just fell in love with it. And after meeting my girl here, too, um, you know, she was kind of tied me here in a sense. Um, but then, uh, you know, learning the language and everything too, was a total game changer. It kind of opens up a lot more doors and yeah, I just, I just, I don't know. I just fell in love with the place.
1: So um, let's uh, we'll come back to that stuff about um, those things that you loved but before we do that, I, I just want to get like sort of stuck straight into the deep end about sort of Japanese culture, because you've been there for a while. One of the strangest things and the most striking things about Japan is how sex, the role of sex is mm. you know, the culture of Japan.
0: On the mm-hmm. one hand, it's kind of like
1: everywhere. Like you walk down the street, like you would just see posters of like semi-nude woman. Um, mm-hmm. Like when you walk into the konbini, like a convenience store, like it's just, there but on the Uh, other hand it's like strangely like taboo and it's kind of yeah yeah like strange strange. like quite repressed like what's your experience Mm. and like how do you see that and I think like further you know what role as well does the sex industry play in Japan because I know you wanted to have a little chat about that as well
2: yeah okay so I mean like you were saying man from a from any age I mean I'm you know, you, you're kind of inundated with this sexual imagery. It's kind of in your face. I mean, you go to, because um, where I am in, in Sapporo, um, there's a, another kind of, I guess it's the, basically the red light district called Suskino. And that's where all the bars and hostess bars and um, I guess like sex related establishments uh, exist. Um, and that kind of, that's kind of shoved down your throat in a way. I mean, with all the imagery and everything there. Um, so, and even at the convenience stores, you know, you can just go and stand there casually and read porn and no one's going to blat an eyelid. No one's going to think, oh, what are you, know, what a weirdo. Or maybe people do, but, you know, it's <laughs> still, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, but people do it is the point. Um, but also there is that kind of taboo thing there where, where I do think there is a lot of repression here. And even like with sex ed, like um, a lot of Japanese people, don't, the, the way they discover about sex Is through pornography And that's part of the reason Why the Japanese porn industry is booming um, And I think there's a lot of I mean obviously like to get into the weird I mean Japanese sex industry you know, There's so many weird fetishes you, I mean just I mean for example I mean you can go to There are conveni- uh, convenient uh, Vending machines where you can buy Used underwear
1: that's a uh, thing bro, right like you've have you right seen
2: before? i haven't seen it man like i don't think they're in support but I, I know they definitely exist in tokyo probably osaka have you
1: seen them i've seen underwear like right. I, don't know, I don't know if it's used or not oh actually when i was in um i think it was again donkey donkey hot there yeah you could buy like this underwear that had like a scent and it yeah, was,
2: like the fl- yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've yeah, seen so you, those. Yeah,
1: yeah, you buy, yeah. You could buy like teenage girls scented oh, underwear, no. and it was like yeah, it was like
2: ten-year-old 10 boy butt sweat flavor yes. or something. No, no, no. It's, it was it's like, fucking
1: weird, man. It's yeah, so weird. You could buy it's like so you, strange. You could buy um, you could buy uh, what was it? Like girl after like sports.
0: What? Yeah, like, scented, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, like, yeah. Underwear. It was fucking disgusting this
0: is so weird for me so you guys are for saying sure. like that <laughs> people aren't like kids aren't really learning about sex ed in school yet you have all the stuff that they're exposed mm-hmm. to like in a absolutely
2: time. it's 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 a paradox it's very strange and and beyond that what i find even more strange in the thing itself because you know fetish okay you know to each their own but the fact that there are probably factories designated to making these products that for me boggles my mind it's like okay so we, the, what do they have a bunch of scientists sitting there okay okay what is what what is a 10 year old girl's you know s- s- you know that's
1: right ass like- sweat,
2: smell like after a big yoga session so. it's very fucking strange oh, man
0: like I don't know if you have the answer to this question, Kale, but
2: like,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just going to premise it. But like with your experiences that like you've, you know, you've been married to a Japanese person. you've um, I'm mm. sure you have friendships with Japanese people. How do you think this mm-hmm. kind of sex industry, like and repression of sex, like in schools and stuff, how do you think that impacts on people? It's,
2: it's hard to say because, I think on one hand, maybe they're repressed, but on, one, on, on the other hand, maybe they're really not because it is kind of, it isn't. So, for, for example, Japanese aren't Christians. So, they don't have, so even with such things as fidelity and stuff like that, it's not as, it's not as a taboo subject as it would be in a Western culture. So, what I'm saying is, um, there are a lot of these sects sexless marriages in Japan. That's pretty common.
1: Very common. Although
2: it's not very, very it, yeah, common. right. But it's not necessarily sexless. It's just sexless in the sense of, you know, within the relationship. But a lot of time the partners are getting sex or or their gratification through other means, where whether it be through uh, you know, soap planned or, you know, any kind of, like host bars for women.
1: Um right. you wanna do you just want to really quickly just like um talk about like soap land and Hostess Barton mm-hmm. in the industry.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, man. Yeah, so Soapland is a place where you can go. Uh, from my understanding, I've never been to a Soapland myself, but it's a place where you can go uh, and get bathed by a woman or women uh, that would just essentially just bathe you down. And I guess, um, I don't know how far you can take it. I think uh, it probably depends on the I individual reckon interaction. Can I mean... I reckon, I reckon pretty far. I reckon I as far as you want. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And,
1: yeah. And, and hostess bars?
2: Hostess bars are essentially places that you go to and... Well, hostess bar and host bar, same thing, except hostess bars for women, host bars for oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, men working there. Um, essentially, you go and... A lot of them are themed. So, so say... And, and there's a place in Japan where they're... Uh, essentially guides. So you go there and say, oh, okay, well I like nurses or I like stewardesses or I like, you know, this or that, and they will accommodate your desire and you can go there and like, so the whole place will be, you know, you know, hospital themed or whatever. And all the girls are dressed in nurse outfits and go there and talk to them and drink to, with them. And, um, and that's basically it. So essential. And sometimes you can, you can touch, and everything um but predominantly it's mainly just there to um to talk and drink with this person
1: this is this, so, is, something, this is something that's really really interesting so the thing about these hosts or hostess bars mm-hmm. is that you've got you don't actually it might be completely like asexual sort of experience right what you mm, do yeah yeah you yeah. go and like hang out with somebody essentially so you go there to like what you do is you buy them drinks and you da da da, right. da like all the drinks are like hideously overpriced and they like trying to get money out of you in that way, but there's never any touching or some of them some of them there are, but yeah, but it'll be like um, over
2: kind of stuff. It would be very timid kind of yeah,
0: right. So it's similar to kind of like an escort service, but instead you're going to a place and just kind of paying for company really.
2: Pretty much paying for, yeah, just exactly. Just paying for someone to drink with you that is of the opposite sex that may, I guess it kind of, it really does accommodate for people that maybe have lack of confidence in going and talking to a, you know, someone of the opposite sex at a bar. Whereas, you know, with a hostess bar, a host bar, you can go there and talk to them without any fear of judgment um, and just sit there and and just conversate with, with this person. And a lot of times, like, a lot of these hosts and hostesses, like, you know, of a higher caliber, they are making money, man. Like, they are really, yeah. they are making money. Like, it's all, and, and obviously, it's mutual. I don't think there's any, like, kind of prey or predatory element there. But they are kind of essentially manipulating your desire.
0: That is really, really interesting. You said before, though, that you haven't been to any of these kind of places. Why not?
2: Oh, I absolutely have. I absolutely have.
1: Just not so planned.
2: Just so, like, let me, like, yeah, I have that.
1: Yeah, can I can I, can I can I chime in here? One of the one of the things. So Kayla and I met when we were working at a bar, and like the conversation would come up quite a bit about just visiting, um, essentially like brothels or whatever. It's like super commonplace. It's right. really really yeah. normal. And like we actually had um, a regular customer who'd come into the bar. And I remember you were you were working. Actually, a couple of times. It is like, hey, let's go to the thing. Let's go to the like everyone's like super honest and like open about. It. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. He's
1: like, oh, well, I'll take you down to the local thing, like That's right yeah. or something. And it's like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like it's quite like public and open. Like, is that the It's same? totally
2: normal. Like, yeah. what
0: about in, in partnerships? Like you were saying before, that fidelity mm-hmm. isn't so much like a concept that's really like tightly held onto. So a partner's kind of like aware that maybe their, their partners are going to brothels or going to these places.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, but again, it's one of those things that's not really necessarily spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people probably have a little bit more tact than that. They don't even sit there in front of their partner and be like, Oh yeah, I went to this awesome escort place the other day. Right. You know, blah, blah. But among friends and among even just public, Strunk Among Strangers, it's pretty commonplace. It's not unusual. I mean, it's, it's definitely not taboo. It's pretty normal. Um,
0: That's super yeah. interesting. Okay, well, talking about things that are taboo, something that I've heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that it's really taboo in Japan to have tattoos. So I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to see if that was true. Um, and I also wanted to know what else is taboo in Japan?
2: Well, in refer- like with... Tattoos. Um, Jap- traditional Japanese tattoos are called itazumi, and usually they're uh, reserved for. I don't know if they're reserved for, but they uh, They have like an image or a stigma uh, with with the Japanese mafia, the yakuza, um, and usually they are hidden. So essentially, the difference between uh, an itazumi and a tattoo is the tattoos are for show, mm. and itazumi are, are ones that you hide. So. Um, So you you will see Japanese people with tattoos, not that common, but usually if you can see them, it's not, you know, maybe they are a musician or they're in the tattoo industry itself. Um, So it's, but again, it's not super common, but um, you know, but if you're covered in tattoos, then you can't really get into public pools, onsens, you know, the hot springs, um, even gyms, gyms. You can't train at a gym if you have, even even showing a tiny little bit in fact i was i was at a restaurant this is quite a few years ago i was at a restaurant um uh it was kind of a a little bit more of expensive kind of thing i was with my ex and her family um it was a very traditional japanese restaurant and i went to the i think i went to the bathroom or something and then i came back to my booth where and like the, the waitress came up to us and said oh Excuse me, like when you when you go to the bathroom, do you mind if you like cover your tattoos? And wow. I was like, well, look, what do you mean? Like, oh, you know, you ha- can you please cover your tattoos just for you know whatever I don't know. But it's it's very strange. Like even like clearly I'm not a member of a you know of the of the Yakuza, oh, yeah. but even <laughs> so, it, yeah. But yeah. even so, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's just that stigma. But I think um, you know, people are getting a lot more used to, it, especially if you see it on a foreigner, and I think. Um, there's probably still is that stigma in some circles too. And, you know, just with that public consciousness, but for, from, from my experience, it's more, it's more intrigue people just, you know, it's a good ice breaker. People want to know about them. People are, people want to look at them. People want to touch them. people like, you know, they're very interested in it. So, um, you know, it is taboo, but I think it's getting less that way.
0: Right, And like That's you say, with foreigners coming over, well, mm-hmm. not at the moment, thanks to COVID, but with mm-hmm. having a bigger presence of foreigners and tattoos, and um, I don't know if it's like this in Japan, um, but when I was living in Thailand, there was still this kind of obsession with um, like European foreigners. And so um, things like tattoos, if we had them, it kind of made it a little bit more acceptable for um, those of that particular country, say Thailand or in your case, Japan,
2: it mm, makes it more Yeah, right. As well? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It makes sense. Yeah. Any other taboos? Um, uh, well, I mean, there there, there are, but there, I don't know if it's a taboo or not. What do you call
1: it? Like, I mean... Putting the wrong sauce on your sushi or something like that, you know? Like, oh, yeah.
2: If, yeah, even little things like that. Even like the, yeah. So just, I mean, to the way that you put your... So say if you're eating a bowl of ramen or rice um putting your chopsticks resting your chopsticks within the meal itself is kind of a taboo so you have to rest rest it on the bowl because it resembles a uh the incense at a funeral
0: Uh, um
2: yeah so it's kind of weird and i haven't really you know no i think no one's going to scold you for this kind of stuff but like i mean i have been on dates before where the person will you know i'll rest my you know, chopsticks in the rice or the food or whatever, and they'll kind of covertly, kind of like get them out and rest them on the on the bowl. And for now, it's just like a, it's a common practice. I, I don't even think about it. I always rest it on the bowl, but it's just one of those little things. Even like blowing your nose in public too. Not a lot of people, you know, that's kind of like frowned upon. Um,
1: There's another good one as well as like uh, walking and eating. Nobody does walking that. and eating. Yeah. And eating. Oh, really? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. They... Yeah. yeah. They really don't like that. I mean, they I remember don't. I was in uh, Tokyo and like there was not a car to be seen as well. Like and the 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 traffic lights were like red and I just walked across it normally, but like everybody else is like they stood and waited there, you know, like an, advance.
2: Oh dude, for sure. Jaywalking is fucking just they're just they're so obedient. Yeah. That even even in the middle of the country, man, because like where I'm at, like you know, I live in the country and uh there's no cars in sight and if there's a red light and not another soul in sight other than me obviously the observer but I'll still see people just waiting obedient to the light it's a, it's it's very ingrained it's, they're so obedient yeah jaywalking is uh, and you're not going to get fined for it
1: no it's just it, like it's one like, of those things it's very strange it's a random aside uh to all the listeners at home um, Bex's cat's just sort of, like, yeah. gate crashed.
0: Amos wants to be part of the podcast. Yeah,
1: so if you hear a random <laughs> bell, don't uh, <laughs> be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. It's just Amos. <laughs> <it's almost. laughs> um, like, what, how has your experience generally been as an immigrant in, in Japan?
2: In, a, in Australia, I never felt really at home. I always kind of felt like an alien. So coming to Japan and being an alien kind of felt normal so i've never felt like any kind of stigma or any kind of weirdness but you do kind of you are that token kind of especially in, like maybe not in tokyo but where like where we we're at in in sapporo i mean foreigners are few and far between i mean there are we're around but there's not as many of us um so you know sometimes you kind of treat it as a novelty I think being a foreigner, no matter sometimes, no matter how long you've been here, and I'm speaking, you know, from uh, people that have been here a lot longer than me, um, there are certain things about being a foreigner that you can just never assimilate to. Um, you know, with the Japanese, it's just too different. But what from my experience, it's
1: a tough one, man. Eh? It's, it's, it's a-,
2: a tough fight. I don't know. It's 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 so hard to say. But it's it's more it's more like a I don't know. It's more like an intuition rather than Mm. something specific. It's hard to put a pulse on. It's hard to articulate, but it's just something you feel Mm. it's not, but, but it's nothing. It's not like you're being, it's not like you're being excluded with any kind of uh, ill intent, but you still always are that, you know, you are a foreigner because, you know, Japan's only open. It's, you know, borders really last what, century or so ish right give or take so it's pretty insular man but japan's japan and anything outside of that is alien and so and i but i think like japanese people they're very intrigued uh, and that's the thing too sometimes they do treat you like a different species yeah but again you still are foreigner
0: Hmm. and
2: that's always in your mind
0: something kale that i'm always really interested in is the similarities or differences between different cultures I wonder, from your kind of outside perspective, like you say, as you're still a foreigner there, you're still an immigrant there, what are Mm. some of the aspects of Japanese culture that you think we could benefit from um, here in New Zealand? And I know you're from Australia originally, so Mm. we're pretty similar. Um, Yeah, what are some of the things that you've observed over there that you think are really cool?
2: Uh, Customer service. Customer service in Japan, and I'm sure Mike can attest to this too, like customer service in Japan is unparalleled, man. It's so good. Uh, you know people go out of your way to to make sure that your customer needs are met thoroughly also even like punctuality you know Japanese people are very you know they'll, they'll respect your time also just cl- cleanliness too cleanliness like pride in your environment you know the streets are just immaculate no one no one shits where they eat so to speak
1: as, as you said like would you put it down would you put like <clears throat> I mean, if you could sort of like boil it down to like one sort of key trait that some sort of Japanese culture has, which is different to, say, a Western culture, is there anything that you could boil it down to?
2: I would, I would say kindness, see? I really would. I mean, I think Japanese people on in, in a, kind of in, in a broad spectrum, just kindness. I mean, I think Japanese people, from my point of view, from my experience, they're kind of xenophobic. You know, they kind of they kind of get a little bit stunned if you approach them on the street if you need directions or anything like that. But once you kind of disarm them and you, you use that kind of that halo effect, mm. Japanese people are super kind, man. Right? I, I don't think you get like I mean, compared to like Western civilization, in my experience, it's it's kind of it's pretty different.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna ask you something which. Kind of flies in the face of kindness, <laughs> but <laughs> so I want to ask you about it anyway. Like, I mean, mm. you would have heard the stories about um, like people driving their elderly parent parents like into the forest, <sighs> drop them off, mm-hmm. and leaving them. <laughs> and yeah, heard, uh, yeah, you would have heard stories about like parents pushing their disabled children off bridges to die. Yes, yes. You know, there is, and this is not uncomfortable <clears throat> By the way, I was talking to Tomochan about this maybe a week or two mm. ago. Um, I don't know, it came up in conversation somehow. And she said, Yeah, I was reading the news about this yesterday. And like this is an this is a regular occurrence. It happens at least once a week within Japan. No shit. Yeah. No shit. That common. Yeah, that's really. Common. I mean, like, what's your take on that, man? Like I I mean, I, well, I mean, obviously,
2: like needless to say, that's fucked up. But I mean I Clearly, but well, what I will say is, like, I mean, if you're gonna do that in Hokkaido, I mean, if you if you're gonna push an elderly person into the forest, if this, if you know, if the dehydration doesn't get them, you know, a lot of bears
1: around here. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) obvious. (laughs)
0: this is really interesting oh. because just randomly i was watching a documentary a couple of nights ago and it was talking mm. about like the context of the paralympics going on at the moment um mm-hmm. and yeah like mike's saying japan's treatment of disabled people and that was really new mm. that's not something that i knew about before
1: what, what were they saying mm.
0: they were saying um that if you have a disability that you're basically excluded from society um, you can't get jobs. It's really hard to get really? connection. Yeah, like mm. you end up becoming more impoverished, and um, living in really terrible conditions. It was really sad. Okay, so I want to do a bit of a full circle, Kale. And if you mm. could come up like in a sentence, what is it that you love about Japan? And if you were to leave tomorrow, what would you miss the most?
2: I love, uh, <sighs> oh man, it's a, that's a tough one. I love just being able to be a freak here and go unnoticed. I mean, that's a strange answer, but I mean, for my personal, that's, yeah. I mean, and that's kind of, I guess what I'd miss the most too. Well, I've just bought a house and I've been living here <laughs> for the last four months, kind of in solitude, just like as a sanctuary, like kind of, a you know, talk about social distancing. Like I'm epitomizing that right now, just being here. I don't know. I think I guess it maybe miss more of the tranquility here. As opposed, like if I was going to go back to Australia, I would say you know that's what I can compare it to. Yeah, Japan's quite tranquil in compared to Australia. I think there's a lot of um, it's more calm, it's more serene here. Hey,
1: yeah. I I I mean I, I I can totally see that. You know, and, the, and the, again, like the funny thing is, everyone is like, ah, oh, like lights and robots and shit. Like, no, 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 mm, No, nah, not even, not even a. Eh? Bex has got like a few things that she's been Googled. Um, (laughs) I'm Ken, I'm Sarah. (laughs) As
0: I said, I haven't been to Japan, so I've Googled and I have a short list of apparently some weird things in Japan. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say it and then I just Mm. want a quick fire response if you have any. Okay. Okay. It can be one word or a sentence, completely up to you. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Drinking culture.
2: Drinking culture. Uh, omnipotent. People love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> love it. <laughs> Weird vending machine.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, you can, f- uh, you know, if you've got something that you like, you can pretty much find it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so <the laughs> machines have basically anything. Like
2: pretty much, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: <sighs> okay, ridiculously expensive fruit.
2: It is expensive. Fruit here is kind of crazy, actually. You know. Well, I mean, aren't there? They, they have competitions of uh, watermelons and stuff. Some of them go for like ten grand. right mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, oh, shit, man. Like, but even like just in general. You know, at supermarkets, you know, apples are like you know, you can get like five dollar apples, and it's not really unusual. So it's pretty expensive.
1: I think I saw like a two thousand dollar peach one time.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, all that kind of shit. What the fuck, man? Like, you preserving these in formaldehyde and just keeping them as is? Like, I don't understand it. But anyway,
0: are vegetables like cheaper?
2: uh they're cheaper than fruit, but yeah, cheaper than fruit for whatever reason.
0: Interesting. Okay, tell me about crazy toilets.
2: <laughs> define, define crazy? What do you mean?
1: Well, like the rest of the world looks at Japanese toilets and like, what the fuck? Why do you have so many buttons? How do I use this thing?
2: Oh, like all the like the bidet kind of thing and bidet. stuff. No.
1: Um, thing. I you? haven't really. Oh my god! Oh my god! Kale, we, did we have this conversation? Did you do you use the bidet? I don't use it, but I have. Oh shit! Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. I'm gonna like jump in here a little bit. So a friend of mine, mine, we were talking over the winter, uh, Northern Hemisphere time, so six months ago. And he's like, don't you just love it when you use a bidet? And I was like, (laughs) this is, by the way. And I was like, wait, what? You use the bidet? He's like, wait, you don't use a bidet? (laughs) It was like, (laughs) are you serious? You don't use a bidet? And I was like, that thing's disgusting. I would never shoot... Like a <laughs> asshole. like I'm not gonna do it okay so and we like we bantered this back and forth and I was like no it's just I'm not gonna do that and he's like you save money on toilet paper it feels good ready ready ra. and over the like subsequent sort of like a few months, he's like, okay, so I've been talking to my friends about this, and apparently, like nobody uses the fucking bidet. I'm the only person who uses it. Yeah. <laughs> On the last night, how <laughs> you were there actually? Was, like,
2: yeah, I remember. I remember this. I remember
1: this. Yeah. but yeah, like, there was like I don't know. It was like like I like the night before we were leaving, uh, um, Sapporo Hokkaido, and so we we're all drinking in the um in this apartment that we Airbnb or whatever. And I was like to Kim, I'm going to use because I've never used it in a bidet before. I, I went into the toilet, used the bidet, and it was the most god awful thing I'd ever experienced. I couldn't turn it off, and it was like, dung. Really- <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. And I, I came out, I came out, and I was like, Kim, what, do, what the fuck, man? Like, how do you. Yeah, what the fuck, dude?
0: Yes, I'm kind of that it stung. It shouldn't sting. No, then. no,
1: no. It is like oh, it should be like gentle on your yeah. thing, and then you should like use this. I was like, no, that was awful. <laughs> never used it. But anyway, like yeah, another random story so Yeah, anyway. saves on
0: toilet paper, which is a good thing in New Zealand at the moment.
1: Yes, yes. COVID stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: I've also got here KFC Christmas.
2: Yeah. So that's a weird one, hey. So it's like so Japanese people. Uh, Christmas isn't necessarily uh, Christmas in a Western sense. So a lot of the tradition is to go to KFC, buy a bucket of chicken and eat that. And it's very strange. And you have to pre like, if, you, if you're going to go on Christmas day and just think you're going to get a bucket of chicken, you're sorely mistaken, my friend, you have to order it. You have to order, you have to order it. Order it. You have to, yeah. You have to pre-order this shit. It's fuck, It's an event, man. It's weird. It's so and, about- and you ask a lot of Japanese people to like, Oh, okay. What's, you know, why are we celebrating Christmas? They have no idea. And you say, well, right, it's because of Jesus Christ and yada. yada, And it's like, they, they do not even know. It's like, well, you know, I've never met Jesus in person, but I know who he is. <laughs> and a lot of people like here yeah, don't man. they just have no idea it's just like yeah it's a place a time where they can eat chicken and hang out with family so you know it's very strange but that's yeah, so that's funny.
0: but I kind, of, yeah. I kind of love how they've just made their own tradition around it and they're like you know uh, me
2: too yeah, I awesome.
0: kfc on christmas yeah. and that's it. <laughs> yeah. awesome this next thing i'm really interested in um and i'm kind of hoping that you're going to say this isn't true but okay.
2: I heard that people eat whale at school. Uh, I don't know about school, but they definitely eat whale.
0: How common is um, it?
2: I mean, it's not everywhere. It's not like it's not ubiquitous, but I mean, you can definitely find specialized uh, restaurants and you know, sushi places that, that serve whale for sure. It's not have you, uncommon. Have you eaten whale? I have. I've tried it uh, two or three times, Um, but yeah, I mean, but there's definitely people that like it. There's like whale bacon, and and, you know,
0: whale bacon. But
2: yeah, which is actually that's pretty good. I won't lie. But I've 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 tried it once, but you know, uh, but it's you know it's definitely around for sure. But it's not super common, hey. Like even most sushi places don't have bacon. Like your standard sushi place won't have bacon. It's more specialized.
0: Okay,
2: what are love hotels? Love hotels. Uh, love hotels are uh, little kind of apartments where you can go or little rooms that you can go to with either a lover, hence the name, or um, someone that you may have picked up at a bar or someone that you may be, even, even a lot of escorts use these too. So it's a place where you can go to, um, in a, you don't have to, usually you don't have to deal with any staff. Um, you go and there's like a, uh, it's, it's there's like a, a, a board where you can pick your room and you, uh, go to the room and place your money, insert your money in almost like a vending machine for rooms. And you go in there and then you, there's, you know, love hotels are actually quite beautiful. There's And they're very cheap. You know, $30, you know, a night you can stay for a love hotel it's got a beautiful double bed, nice lighting, spa, um, and spend the night with, um, with someone. And they're very common and they're very discreet.
0: And talking about hotels, going to move into houses, is it true that houses are cheap to buy in Japan?
2: Uh, compared to... You know the Western world, absolutely for sure. I, I think too it does depend on location, but you know out in the country you can find houses for a couple of grand. All
0: right. I mean
2: they might not be they, they might not be livable, but they are houses. Um, but even even ones that you can inhabit, they're they're pretty cheap.
1: Very cheap, actually. Very very cheap places. So I know like people have gotten apartments for thirty grand, New Zealand. Wow, so very 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 cheap. Yeah 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 yeah, super cheap. Super cheap, yeah. I mean, um, we own houses next to each other, so um, our place is like next to nothing, and your place is also cheap as well, right? Big yeah, place. for sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know,
2: I guess New Zealand's probably similar in terms of the market for housing, to Australia.
1: Know, like 900,000 for the average house in this country, so you know,
2: Australia's probably the same, right? Or maybe yeah. a little bit cheaper yeah. in Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, really mm, yeah, But,
2: like, just, like, here, like, me, no... Ch- but even, like, a lot of... Because, you know, Japanese people, like... Even, like, for them, owning a house is a pretty big thing because their wages are a little bit lower and stuff, you know. Some people don't really dream of owning their own house. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess that's one advantage of coming here as a foreigner, especially if you have savings huh. and everything. It's, it's, it is kind of a little bit easier to, to purchase a house here.
1: And lastly... I want to know what's the best ramen.
2: The best ramen.
1: What's your, what, what's, I mean, if you were like, okay, let's say, for example, I'm going to do a stopover in Tokyo for the, for the, for the night. That's never going to happen in the next five years, but let's say anybody traveling um, was going to have the night in Tokyo and they were going to go out for ramen for one you know and then you had a recommendation of the best ramen. what would you what would you what? No, I,
2: don't, I don't have one in tokyo at all i've like,
1: been <laughs> like the favorite style of ramen oh i like spicy miso spicy miso is the way to go all right miso ramen nice, nice. yep spi- spicy miso ramen that's 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 advanced all right so when next time next time we were like traveling through japan we can all get a spicy spicy ramen and be like uh, for
2: sure
0: yeah, man, I'm super keen to visit. Hey, Kale, it's been so good to have you on the show. It's been really interesting, especially for me having never been to Japan. So thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences, eh?
2: My pleasure. That was awesome. Cheers, mate.
1: All right, man. Later. Bye. What did you feel about those sort of darker edges of the Japanese culture that we spoke about I know that Cal didn't really touch on too much but like what was your sort of like take on that thing as well
0: yeah I found that really surprising um it's not something that I knew about Japanese culture and I mean I I, I can't speak I haven't been there I don't know too many Japanese people so I don't know how common these practices are but learning that you know, some families find it hard to take care of the elderly, of people with disabilities, and that these people end up being fully marginalised and then sometimes, like, basically left to die. Um, that's pretty dark.
1: Kind of, yes. I would agree.
0: <laughs> Why do I... I'm
1: glad you do. <laughs> I keep laughing at <laughs> really dark shit. I don't know, it's this weird thing at this point. I just keep laughing. It's, like, really awful. And it's, like, Ugh, funny. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty awful. I mean... I don't know, how do you kind of get around that, eh?
0: I mean, how common really is it?
1: Well, what's was saying in the pod? Like, well, the, the interview with, with with Kale is that it happens like, you know, once a week. This is commonplace.
0: It's really interesting because so. it was quite counter to, like, when I asked Kale what some of the things are that he loves about Japanese culture, and he said kindness. And he said there's a stark difference between Japanese people and um, people in Australia, for his context, so, well, like, I find that hard to kind of um, reconcile that you have a culture that's very kind and caring towards others, but then at the same time, they are leaving certain people, certain sectors of society to fend for themselves and die.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy. Eh? And, I like, here's one thing that we didn't quite touch on as well was the role, not the role, sounds, that's a bit of regressive, but, like, the, the way that women are treated in Japan as well which is there's a massive disparity between like wages, um, between women and men. There's horrendous amounts of like sexual um, abuse and assault. Is um, a random quick fact. Do you know that every cell phone that you buy in Japan, the default setting, and you can't turn it off, is when you take a picture, there's a little click sound? You know, a little click, click, the shutter sound? Yes. And the reason for that is because... This is so fucked. That um, men, men, like, take pictures on the train, up upskirts taking pictures.
0: Yes, I remember Tomoko actually telling me this. Yeah. I can't believe that. So we have here, like, on the surface, quite a sexually repressed um, society with um, high, you know, morals and values. But then beneath it, we have people that um are really vulnerable to, to sexual abuse, particularly women and young girls.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I I think this is like some stuff that people just don't really see, you know, like these like small little facts, factoids. I mean, the the Japanese sort of thing, they're very good at marketing.
0: Hmm. They're
1: very good at showing you what you want to see. And I think there's a there's a dark underbelly to that. And I think, you know, having a conversation with um with kale was a really interesting thing um and my own points as well my own sort of point of view was something else entirely but yeah i mean it was a really interesting chat
0: Mm, yeah and i think that's the same for any culture eh like what you see on the surface isn't always what's beneath and sometimes it takes actually living in a country to really get to know what it's like it's so different when you're a tourist for sure you see what you want to see
1: i think so um great pod bex high five
0: high five Thanks again for listening to Dirty Dirty Talk Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. And
1: other stuff. Hit us up if you've got any feedback and whatnot. Be cool to have you. Yeah, we want to
0: hear from you. We want to know what you want to listen to.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Bye bye.
0: Kia ora.